What's up, Cardboard Nation? Welcome to another episode of Go GTS Live, the Hobbies Web Show. I'm your host, Rob Bertrand. And over there, that guy, Ivan Lovegren, my partner in crime. What's going on, dude? Oh, hey, speaking of crime, I'm so excited for today's show because we get to talk about crime. Finally. Alleged, allegedly. Yeah, yeah. Well, we, we get to talk about allegations, which is always fun. Um, I'm doing great, Rob. How are you? Did you open any cardboard today? No, sir. Not yet. Oh, I actually got a chance to open some cardboard before the show. So I'm, I'm in an extra hyped mood today. I did pull some, some decent hits, saw some cards, what smelled the open? cardboard. Um, I opened a couple of packs of 2020 tops that I found at Target. And then I had a package at home from a friend, Tyler Murphy. Uh, I had bought a blaster of Donruss optic from him at near cost, um, really cost plus shipping. And he threw in some extras too for the kids. Blippy. Are your kids into Blippy? They're probably too old for that. Thank God. Um, so that was a lot of fun opening up that blaster, pulled a, a John Morant parallel insert. So that was kind of fun. So yeah, so I'm hyped. All right. Well, let's dive right into what we've got going on tonight. Uh, Paul Lesko, Hobby Legal Eagle, attorney and collector himself, joins us to talk about the altered card civil lawsuit. Uh, some happenings in the hobby. Uh, a few box breaks. Uh, a brief hot in the shop and off the post with Travis Konechny of the Philadelphia Flyers, courtesy of our very own Russ Cohen. But uh, as always, we kick things off with our GoGTS Live Q of the Week poll, which is pretty simple. Billiards, golf, ping pong, etc., are sports or games? Sports or games? So always opens a can of worms. I can make an argument, I think, both ways. Did you have an opinion, Ivan? Well, first off, my opinion's only valid because I went to twitter.com slash go GTS live, and that's where I voted in this poll, though we still want to see your comments, whatever channel you're watching on, be it Periscope, Twitch, YouTube, uh, live stream. Comment there what your reasoning was, but make sure you go to twitter.com slash go GTS live, vote in the poll there and follow us because we've got lots of prizes to give away to tonight, and that's where we give them away through Twitter. Uh, so my opinion is absolutely their sports. Abso-freaking-lutely. Chess, not a sport. That's a game. Uh, billiards requires a physical level of skill. Golf, oh my goodness. Golf is so freaking tough. That is abso-freaking-lutely a sport. And ping pong, I mean, it makes you sweat. If you're playing good, it makes you sweat. So there you go. That easy. All right. Well, chess is a game. I voted games, but I have exceptions. Uh, billiards is for sure a game. It's a game of skill. It's not a sport of skill. Golf, if you walk the course, I would say that's a sport. If you drive from one hole to another, you're just playing a game. Ping pong at the Olympic level, I'll give it that that's a sport. How 99% of the population plays ping pong, it's a game. So thus I went with game. 
So you do know that as of February 5th, 1998, the IOC, the International Olympic Committee, recognizes billiards as a sport. So if you're using the Olympic level ping pong as one of your arguments, I think you got to use the Olympic level billiards. No, and I'll as tell you why. Argument. Because there's there's no physical exertion. Oh, come on, Rob. You're telling no me this sp- isn't isn't any sort of physical exertion? Yeah, I, yeah, no. Sorry. So yeah, the I I will concede players at the Olympic level exert a tremendous amount of energy playing ping pong but like i said 99 percent of the population when they play ping pong no so i don't know i get pretty sweaty playing ping pong if there is a level of physical exertion i think then you have an argument for going from the game side to the sports side it's like it's the reasoning that i use that absolutely race car drivers are athletes you know some people say well the car is doing all the work yeah most drivers lose about 10 pounds in water weight during the course of a race so um i would think that that would then count as a sport greg reamersma asks what about archery and i would also counter with if it's archery that also involves cross-country skiing sport then it's a sport Standalone archery. Oh, it's a it, it, it's a skill. My uh, daughter actually, does archery, but she doesn't. You know, she she's not cross country skiing or pentathloning it, so she's learning a skill, just like any shooting sport, <laughs> as they call them. <laughs> um, is it a sport? I don't know. I think I think we call a lot of things sports, um, which is fine. But uh, I don't know. If you're driving from one hole to another when you play golf, you're doing little more, little more than playing a game of miniature golf. And I would say because you can't ride a miniature golf course, that that might even be more of a sport than regular golf if you're driving the course. So here's the real question. What is physical activity? Because like I said, I consider bowling and billiards physical activity. And that's really what uh, what the good old Webster's says. They say a contest or game in which people do certain physical activities according to a specific set of rules and compete against each other. As so the definition define, of a sport? Yep, they define hunting, fishing, running, swimming, etc. as sports in general. Hmm. I think maybe that's why you know some categories of things are called sports and leisure. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just I, I always like trying to figure out where people's opinions are at, but right now our poll with 150 votes in and still a couple hours left to vote, 60% to 40% say they're games. Does that surprise you? No, it doesn't surprise me because people people like to assert silly opinions on social media. Um, but the fact of the matter is they're sports. 
Oh, the fact of the matter, according to Ivan Lovegren. According to Ivan Miriam Webster Lovegren. Yeah, I mean Miriam Webster. Come on. Let me let me let me do this. Is oh man, I wish that I remembered that poll. I did a poll the other day, just to really see what the margin of error is on any poll, and it was like one, two, three, and then something that was just completely ridiculous and absurd, and everybody knew was wrong. It was like greatest player of all time, you know, so and so, so and so, LeBron, Taco Fall. And like 35% voted for the absolutely absurd one. So, um, so that showed me that the margin of error on a Twitter poll is somewhere 35 around 35%. <laughs> yeah. At least on my followers, you know, maybe GTS has a little bit more, a uh, little less uh, bullish followers. I don't know. But uh, yeah. Interesting. Uh, well, we do have we do have four unclaimed prizes from last week. The National Hockey Card Day prize pack that had the tops sticker box and album. Uh, the Julius Peppers auto redemption. The You're Kevin the Kevin Knox autograph, and the tops series one auto and bonus pack. All four of those went unclaimed. It's the most we've ever had in a single show. I don't know what people were thinking. <clears throat> so that just means more opportunities for those that didn't win to win tonight. Yeah, especially crazy because looking at some of the names, those are some semi-regular viewers, semi-regular names. So I guess that maybe they were just retweeting in support on a night when they couldn't watch the show. Um but we hope that you do, if you were one of those people that missed, that you do come back and watch again. We won't block you, but, you know, we will instead give those prizes to someone tonight. So four bonus prizes tonight, in addition to whatever we hit from our box breaks, which are going to be Panini Obsidian Soccer Cards, Panini Limited NFL Football Cards, and Panini Select NFL Football Cards. So lots of good chances to win tonight. So make sure that you also retweet our pinned tweet at GoGTSLive on Twitter. It's the uh, Periscope broadcast of the show. And uh, make sure that you do that to get a bonus entry to win. I'm going to mute and blow my nose real quick, Rob, because I got that. Actually, I was going to call it a summertime cold because that's the kind of weather we have. I keep forgetting that it's February in uh, Southern California. Okay. Hey, James, I just texted um, Paul. He says he's waiting for someone to call him. He's asking if he's doing something wrong. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> oh, am I unmuted? Sorry. Damn, Nothing makes you feel... You've been sick for like two weeks, dude. What's no, up? the funniest thing was I was actually unsick for, I was unsick just long enough that I was like, oh, hey, I'm better. Probably on like Monday of this week. And then yesterday, Wednesday, this started happening again. It's, it's the kids and the preschool and just this oh, cycle. Oh, it's the worst. Of, you know. Kids and preschool and daycare and all that. It's nasty. Yeah. Just big Petri dishes. But chances are you weren't really like 100% better. Yep. It's just like sustaining. I'm telling you, elderberry, echinacea, and on guard, dude. I've been taking elderberry. 
We got those Zarbies chews. I'm telling you, whoever that Dr. Zarby was that came up with all that stuff that now they sell at Target, genius. Good on him. If anybody knows him, introduce us. Yeah, I've got to take one more trip out to the Tops Conference next week, and then I don't have to travel until May, so just need to get through this. All right, hey, we are um, ready to bring in our guest this evening, attorney, legal eagle, and collector himself. Paul Lesko is back on the program. What's up, Paul? How are you? I don't think he can hear us, James. Paul, are you there? Just move your mouth, Paul, and I'll talk for you. Yeah, just call him back. There we go. How does one get the title Legal Eagle? I I, I gave that to him. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. So we might have to talk talk a little bit more of my talk a little bit more of my phlegm while we wait for Paul to get back on. So new poll. Is Paul an attorney or is he a legal eagle? And how do you determine that? The definition of a legal eagle is slang for a smart, skilled lawyer. Such that would as definitely a top be Paul. performing lawyer at a major law firm. That would definitely be Paul. He, they just won a very big lawsuit against big agriculture and their use of uh, dicamba, uh, a toxic chemical. Um, yeah, the plaintiffs were like mega giants Monsanto and BASF, and Paul was... <laughs> uh, taking them on head to head in court and, and they won like a $200 million plus settlement. So nice. So drinks on Paul is what you're him. saying. Okay. Try this well, again. <laughs> a, lo a lot of, uh, now I hear him. Hey, Paul, I've get, I've given you a, I, yeah, uh, I've given you a rousing. Apparently I've just completely disproved that. Yeah, well, we won't hold it against you too bad. Uh, we were congratulating you on your big, like, real-world legal victory against big agriculture this week. So congratulations to you. Uh, I know that suit helped a lot of people um, and took on big uh, agriculture. So no, thank you. That. It's just uh, the I was not the uh, trial team, but that's part of our uh, big case uh, that we've got, and uh, it was a very good result. And clients very happy. All of our client, all of our clients are very happy. And you know, unfortunately, as lawsuits go, it will keep going, and we'll have multiple other trials. And <laughs> just there's never a quick, there's never a quick trip through the legal system. That's right. Well, speaking of civil suits reason we wanted to talk to you is because there is finally uh, somebody who's upset enough about the alleged card altering taking place 
that they have sued PSA and its parent company, Collectors Universe, as well as online sellers, PWCC and Probstein. So we wanted to talk to you and find out what the specific allegations are and get your opinions on whether they have a, a, a real case or if this is hoping to just get settled and get some money out of it. What Start at the beginning and tell us so, the facts. Uh, what happened is a individual named... <laughs> Nate. N names have been redacted to protect the innocent, as with all great legal eagles. <laughs> but uh, so they've uh, uh, he's brought an action against uh, PSA, uh, PWCC Marketplace, uh, Probstein, and a number of John Doe's. And uh, it has to do with, uh, you know, what's been big news for about a year now about uh, uh, trimmed cards or altered cards being graded, getting high scores, and then later being sold uh, to uh, end users. So this is the, you know, I, I thought a lawsuit like this would happen a lot quicker. But this is the uh, first lawsuit that was brought. It's a uh, potential class action. Uh, it's got claims for consumer fraud, uh, negligence, regular fraud. Then my favorite claim, racketeering which means there's a bunch of criminal organizations that get together and decide to rip people off. So uh, that's a, a little am ambitious of a claim there. Uh, but then a lot of violations of consumer fraud statutes uh, is really how it's based. And it's, it's, a, it's, it's a tough lawsuit, I think. I mean, I think everybody can understand uh, you know, what's behind it, the fact that there are cards that probably should not have been graded if they've been trimmed, if they've been altered, uh, given high scores, and then sold. So you can understand where something like this comes from, uh, but it, it, I think it's going to be a tough, it's going to be a it's going to be a difficult lawsuit because it requires it's it's a lot of people involved. And the way it's pled, they're saying that at each level, at PSA they knew they were grading trimmed cards, at PWCC and Propstein they were selling trimmed cards. Uh, so uh, there be proof in order for this case to be successful. Are so, they alleging? Are they alleging any collusion between the parties to number one? Somebody is knowingly trimming the cards. Number two, no, someone is knowingly accepting the submission of trimmed cards. Someone is knowingly grading the trimmed cards, knowingly sending them back as having been trimmed but graded otherwise, and then knowingly selling them as trimmed without disclosure. Are they alleging that big of a conspiracy or is it really on the individual components named in the lawsuit and their own fault? In it's the, it's, the it's a little problem? bit of both. The, um, the racketeering claim, it, it could be broad enough to encompass uh, each level knowing and working together. I mean, that's the basis of a racketeering claim. But the other claims when it comes to breach of warranty or negligence, those are, you know, probably where, you know, potentially where the truth, you know, better lies that, well, PSA, maybe they knew or they were doing something wrong or maybe they didn't know. Uh, and then each level after that, well, we're selling the cards. Maybe we shouldn't look behind the scenes here. Uh, you know, th that's probably a more realistic claim to go forward. 
while there are John Doe's that are named in this, there isn't an individual named or a company named that was involved in the trimming or involved in the submission process. That's what those John Doe placeholders are for. So the way this complaint is uh, drafted uh, is that eventually through discovery, they expect or they hope to figure out, okay, who started this problem and then can they connect the dots from there? So, so my biggest question is, yeah, how do you actually prove that? Is it just sort of hopeful that somebody will slip up during discovery or are there maybe, are there any sources named or any bits of evidence um, that can be used to prove a connection or is it all just it really according to this complaint? Uh, again, the complaint is. You know, it's normally just a document to start the case. You normally don't have to have all your evidence put in here. For uh, but there, there are some claims that you need to plead to a higher standard, and fraud is one of those. In order for a fraud claim to survive, you have to actually specifically plead who, what, where, when, and how. I mean, that's it, that all needs to be in there. And here, it's remarkably light on who. There are, you know, we've identified companies. But we have not identified individuals, uh, so it's it's uh, it's it seems to me that this is a lawsuit that's filed. Uh, probably, you know, the strongest claims they think are probably the negligence claims. But they're hoping throughout discovery uh, that maybe they can piece together these levels. Maybe they're hoping that there's some communications between some of these already named defendants and an individual with a nefarious plan. Email, please, you know, email re. Please delete this email after. After reading, you know, they're, they're, they're hoping for something like that. Um, I'm always of the opinion that your case gets no stronger than it is on the day you file. Uh, so, um, you know, I, I, I don't know if this case will get stronger from it, but uh, I mean, we'll see. The next steps, the defendants will move to dismiss this. They will say it has not been pled with sufficient particularity. And then that'll be the point where if names are going to be named, that's when it'll happen. And that's, that's the next step in the process. When in a criminal trial, when multiple parties are involved, oftentimes one of the legal tactics they'll use is separation. So they're not all being looked at in the same light. Do these defendants in a civil suit have the same option to request being separated from this and being dealt individually as four separate companies as comparison to named in a sing singular suit. Is that possible in a civil suit or only? They can, they can ask for it, but it's not a guaranteed gift. And in a case like this, where they're alleging that everybody worked together, uh, in all likelihood, they might still be stuck together. And as a plaintiff's attorney, that's what I like. I like to sue everybody in the chain because you know, at some point, someone's <laughs> gonna start finger pointing at, so at somebody else. And that's when you know your case has been made because then the defendants are trying to prove your case for you. So this has that you know potential, that, that's a possibility here. And you're, you, you hit the nail right on the head. The defendants probably don't want that. If it gets to the point of a trial, they probably will all want separate trials. Uh, but at least for discovery purposes, they're all stuck together for this part. Uh, trial, if there's going to be a trial in this case, and there's a lot that's going to have to happen. I mean, you're probably looking at a trial two to three years down the road. There will be motions by everybody saying, nope, we all need separate trials for just the reasons that I said. So. Now, I'm curious, the, on, the, well, on the flip side of that then comes uh, 
um, it actually cut out when you were naming the plaintiff. Um, so if you're going up against four or five corporations instead of just one, how are how much legal fee power do you need to have on your side in order to withstand all the motions and filings that the lawyers for each of the other corporations yeah. is going to throw and at you? Here, that's going to be at the uh, the plaintiff's firm. Here, this is a class action uh, plaintiff's firm. They've been involved in cases like this. They have the experience and the resources to back it. So while right now it's a case of uh, Mr. Savoy against uh, the uh, defendants. Uh, ultimately, uh, the plaintiff's firm is going to seek to have it be a class action on behalf of everybody who either purchased uh, a graded card that might be trimmed or uh, actually purchased a graded card. And because of the whole trimming scandal, the value of their cards are down or had a card graded by PSA. So yes, it'll be expensive. The law firm uh, in charge of this will have to have a lot of money. And sometimes uh, what will happen uh, is if it gets too big of a case, you'll see multiple law firms join in. Uh, Mr. Savoy is just the first plaintiff to step forward. There might be other individuals that are like, yeah, you know what, I got wronged here also. And Mr. Uh, Savoy is a California citizen. So he's brought this lawsuit based on the laws of California. It wouldn't surprise me if you didn't see different lawsuits from individuals of different states saying that, you know, I purchased in New York, so the laws of New York should apply. I, you know, lived in Texas, the laws of Texas should apply. And then uh, that way, you know, those all, all those law firms might join together to help share the costs. But class actions, cases like this, they're very expensive for 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 the plaintiff's law firms. But really what we can gather from that then is that not just Mr. Savoy, but a group of attorneys decided that this was worth pursuing, not just one individual. Correct. Correct. And that's, you know, that's, you know, at uh, our law firm, we do bring uh, uh, class action uh, lawsuits also. And it's a business decision uh, because they are uh, so expensive. I mean, you have to vet it determine what your risks are, determine how much money you're going to be able to you know, put into the case and see if there's a return, uh, a potential return on your investment. So I'm uh, pretty sure the, uh, the, the, the plaintiff's firm here probably looked at the case, said, we feel confident that this is a good case. It's worth our resources, our time. You know, we're, we are a business. We want to make money and we think this is a investment where we can make money. So yes, it's not just an investor. It's also uh, a law firm who thinks the legal issues do stack up and it's something to go forward with. All right. Well, let me ask you this then. Couple, couple things. It sounds like the the evidence that they're hoping to find, as you mentioned, will come out during discovery periods, but without either email or audio recordings that piece together a wrongdoing or conspiracy, every one of these defendants has a defense of a realistic defense in the sense that First off, you told me a long time ago, you, you educated me in the word allegedly. So uh, I've been sure to use that as we've been heading into tonight. So so allegedly all this happened. But in PSA's defense, they deal with a volume that is so overwhelming, mistakes are bound to happen. PWCC can say, we had no idea. You know, it, we leave it up to PSA to get a card. It's got a grade. We sell it as the grade that it is. Now... 
other people are going to say, yeah, but there's, you know, we found this card on the blowout forum and proved that it was trimmed, blah, 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 blah. Without that hard evidence of either an email trail or audio recordings, what possibly could make this case for them? Just the finger pointing at each other that they're hoping will happen? Yeah, it's 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 going to be tough. And it's it's a common defense that you see for fraud cases or cases that require wrongdoing on the uh, defendant's parts. It's basically, hey, we're not evil. We're just stupid. And that's sometimes that's a viable enough defense to win a case. <laughs> so here they're going to be like, we have worked so hard for exactly the same reasons that you have. You know, uh, you know, at PSA, we get, you know, hundreds of thousands, if not a million submissions a year. You know, we try our best. We really try our best. But you know what? We're in fact, we're we we are a students. We get 92 percent. We are really good at what we do. But, you know, we're not going to get up. No one gets 100 percent all the time. And that's going to be their defense. And, you know, as a, uh, you know, as a juror is going to hear that and that may ring true. But uh, having been involved in so, you know, it, it's so much litigation and from the defense side and the plaintiff side, you do realize that if there is something going wrong, there are probably emails. You know, there's probably, you know, an email where somebody says, you know, I can't believe we're getting away with this. Ha ha ha. Please delete. And I, the reason I keep saying that is because every time I get a big production of documents from a defendant, there's certain terms I always search for. I search for all the swear words. I search for please delete. I search, you know, there's certain things that you always search for because a lot of people, you know, will send emails, joke around about this. And all it takes is one email to start the whole chain from unraveling. And so, you know, depending on it, it, depending on what the, the plaintiff strategy is, maybe the strategy is, hey, you know, once um, things were popping out on blowout forums that, you know, they were realizing there's these problems with these cards and they started, you know, piecing it together. Let's start looking at the emails from uh, all these companies at that time, because maybe there's an email saying, oh, man, we're stuck. We got caught. Delete everything. Well. You know, they probably deleted 99% of it. If it happened in one, if all it takes is one of those emails and all of a sudden the jurors are on the side of the plaintiffs because, you know, they're, they're willing to forgive people for making mistakes. But if it looks like there's a cover up, jurors hate cover ups. So, you know, so it's it, 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 it'll have to be, see, you know, where it's going, uh, where, where the case is going. I think, you know, right now, as it's pled without much evidence attached to it, I'm probably you know leaning towards uh, leaning towards. I think a lot of this case is going to get dismissed. Uh, maybe the negligence claim will you know proceed or maybe a consumer fraud claim might proceed. But a lot of it without more evidence attached to it, I think it's going to be pretty hard for them to, to proceed. Now, that being said, some people might come out, you know, disgruntled. For, I mean, because. If this is a this is a wide ranging and long term fraud that's pled here, there could be former employees, disgruntled employees. There could be you know people on the inside that might be calling up this law firm and saying, you know what, I know a little bit. I I, I want to give you some insights. I was bad at first. I feel wrong about what happened. You know. So I mean, it, I'm really looking forward to the motion to dismiss and not just the motion to dismiss, but how do the plaintiffs respond? How do they amend their complaint? What new evidence do they add to go to go forward with this case? The other thing I wanted to ask you is taking place behind the scenes of all this, as far as we know, the FBI is still conducting its own investigation into some of these issues with some of these companies. Uh, so if you're the feds 
and you're investigating. And, and for all we know, maybe they, they, they dropped it. You know, their investigation found there wasn't enough to proceed. But we haven't heard anything. So assuming that they're still investigating, <clears throat> if you're on the side of the feds and all of a sudden you hear about this civil suit relating to the, some of the same parties that you are or were investigating, how do the feds feel about this? Are they like, man, you're messing with my case? Or are they looking at this as an opportunity to garner more evidence to file criminal charges? How does that you know, it, 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 it's, it, it, it varies in the situations because sometimes you know, the plaintiffs, you know, the plaintiffs in this case might be looking at the FBI investigation as, hey, they're doing all the work for us. But, you know, it could also be the flip side of that. It's just, just what you said. The, the FBI could be, well, you know what? Two heads are better than one. If the civil suit is ongoing, they might ask for something that we're not asking for. You know, they're they're you know, they're collectors. They're more involved with this industry. They might know something that we don't know. So uh, there could be a partnership or, you know, it could be like they show in every single movie you ever watch. You know, the cops show up to the scene and then the FBI shows up and it becomes a territorial battle. No, I don't want to share this. I don't want to share that. You know, it, 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 it's, it's, it's difficult to tell. Uh, I bet um, the the plaintiffs would like to, you know, the FBI to share information with them. And, you know, really, if the FBI does, you know, do more, uh, releases their findings or if there is, you know, an eventual arrest, well, that's going to pop up in the complaint. You know, they'll, they'll revise the complaint. They'll add that. And that might give them the roadmap they need for uh, for additional discovery. Interesting. Um Final question, if I may switch topics real quickly, but Collectors Universe as a company has a $230 million market cap. There's another company out there, McDonald's, that has a $162 billion market cap. Have you been watching McMillions and how do we get a lawsuit, a, a class action lawsuit going for everybody that bought a Whopper between 1987 yeah. and 2000? I'm a, I'm a big fan of that McMillions law, uh, that McMillions uh, uh, show. It's, it's, I've really enjoyed it. I'm, I haven't seen episode three yet, so don't, you know, don't ruin it for me. And I really, uh, that, that, that no FBI agent, I wish I could remember his, na uh, remember his name, but I would, I would really like to hang out with him and hear his stories. It's, it's pretty fun. But I, Doug, I think the uh, biggest problem that most people would have with uh, any lawsuit against uh, McDonald's for the uh, McMillions is the statute of limitations. I mean, if all this happened uh, 15, 19 years ago, uh, statute of limitations is probably run. So we're we're all out of it. And, you know, it's too bad because I uh, I had quite a few of those boards uh, filled up with the same stickers and I could never just, you know, I never got Boardwalk. You know, I never got Pennsylvania Avenue, never got B&O Railroad, you know, got got all the others, but not, nothing good. Got a couple good, got a couple free Big Macs, though. And that was that was my big victories. Yeah. Getting back to the topic at hand. Um. <laughs> Yeah, get me, my train of thought back. Um, I honestly believe that I find it hard to believe, I should say, that this is some big conspiracy. I'm of the opinion and more inclined to think that there's just some things that need to be done better. Um, as far on, on the grading side of things, did sellers knowingly sell trimmed cards that had good grades? You know, we've put this, we've put this stamp of officialness when a card's graded a blank, it's a blank. 
It doesn't matter how it got there. That's what it is. And I think we're starting to feel some of the ramifications of that. So I guess I wanted to ask you, lawyer, lawyer aside as best as possible, I mean, do you think this has a chance in hell of ever seeing the light of day in a courtroom? Oh, we lost this. <laughs> that tech connection. What's going on? Where is Paul? Is he in tornado country? <sighs> yeah, he is actually <laughs> Missouri. So hope everything's all right there. Uh, let's see if uh, it, it blips back. Doesn't look like it's going to happen. No, we're going to let him go. Um, Paul, if you can't hear us, Thank you very much, um, James. Be sure to uh, uh, IM him or something and say thank you, and I will as well via text. But uh, interesting stuff and um, really helpful to have someone who not only knows the law but knows hobby involved as well. Yeah, definitely. I'm actually interested in that that final question you asked there. So we'll have to see. A lot of times Paul does watch and or jumps in the chat afterwards. So hopefully he'll have time to do that. But um, sorry there. I was looking at the time and I thought we were wrapping up. And so I just wanted to get his thoughts on. Have you been watching McMillions, Rob? It's incredible. No, I'm sorry. I'm oh. watching the third season of Jessica Jones. Yeah, absolutely crazy that uh, the McDonald's Monopoly game was rigged and you could not win for the f for 14 years. So, you know, <laughs> I, I know that I spent a whole lot of extra money during the Monopoly promotion at McDonald's trying to trying to win stuff. And it's like it wasn't just the million dollar prize that was rigged. They, they rigged like the top 15 or 20 prizes. Does that really surprise you, though? Yeah, it does, because I'm only three episodes in, and it's like the uh, like episode two, they detail how impossibly tough it would be. So it's not that nobody won. It's that it was rigged who won. It was rigged who won. Yeah. So somebody somewhere on the inside figured out a system for getting the winning tickets out and getting them to people on the outside that they chose. So it wasn't that McDonald's was actually just hiding winners, you know, which actually brings up a completely different separate point. But let me just ask you this real quick, Rob. Uh, oh, I wish we could have asked Emily this. Um, is there a backup plan or a redemption component to the top's golden tickets? Like, can you imagine pulling a golden ticket on, let's say the event is January 1st, 2021. Can you imagine pulling a golden ticket on January 2nd, 2021? Like, there has to be some sort of consolation prize if you're a little late on that to get something so rare, right? Why? Why? Right? Why? Well, I don't know, but that's the, you know, it's like you got to you gotta wonder. Yeah. Know, prizes and I, raffles and... I think, I think that kind of thinking just contributes to... Uh, I'm not... It's pretty simple. It's a black and white. It, there's an expiration date. You don't create gray by saying, oh, it's just one day over. Well, no, not even that. Like, like have some sort of consolation prize. Like, even if it's just $100 in Tops Now credit or something. Like, Tops. I don't think that's credit. necessary. I do. Why? There's why? A, there's a better poll question for you. I mean, why? 
Why should tops have to do that? Because technically they represented that in so many packs, there would be so much, so many opportunities, so many things of such value. And if one of them suddenly, because of a date, it is known that it no longer has value, then I feel like they may have misrepresented that to the market. How? It simply means that their product wasn't purchased within the time frame. Hello. Yeah, I'm looking at the uh, I'm looking at the comments coming in. Though pass IT promo just asked something completely different. Yep, the comments are just complaining about Tops and uh, other companies and redemptions. But I don't know. I feel like I feel like if the product was built out to contain so many items, that there shouldn't be a time limit on certain items. Just be an interesting conversation to have with. Emily or something. How do you plan an event then? Once all 50 are pulled, then they'll have this party? Well, no, that's what I'm saying is that there should just be a little consolation if you happen to pull one after the event. I'm not saying it should be a $3,500 consolation, but it'd be good to know there was a backup plan. Oh, I'll Paul tell just you what. Tweeted at I'll us tell you what I'll Mardi do. Gras. I'll Mardi tell you what I'll do. Anybody who pulls one after the expiration date, I'll send you. A 1987 Topps Wax Pack. Okay? How about that? That's your consolation. That's the biggest BS thing I have ever think I've heard you say, Ivan. <laughs> That's ridiculous. I don't Things know what's more ridiculous. have to have a cutoff that, date. That or the 19... Well, I'm not saying it doesn't have to have a cutoff date. I'm just saying that should you be screwed out of certain value because of the cutoff date? I'm not saying that they should hold the party for you. But I'm saying you got a pack that was supposed to have something exclusive in it. Can you still get something exclusive, something special? Clearly, they have whatever goodies from the party you would have gotten because I'll they had to produce as many. Special. I'll send you <laughs> a Topps Whack pack from 1987 with all the cards trimmed. Is that special enough for you? Trimmed and on fire, right? Are you one of those? Are you one of those people that hates setting card, like destroying cards, or do you not have an issue with it? Oh, you've never seen my video, have you? Uh, maybe I have, but I've seen so oh, many. Oh man, I can't. I got famous. I, I got famous in the hobby several years ago for lighting something on fire. Oh, dude, I've burned more cards than most people have ever owned. Yeah. Well, if you're watching I and you're one of those people that get mad about that, I'm sorry. I just disagree with you. I, uh, yeah, but so just, Paul, when it, Paul, when it comes to certain years of cards for me, I just don't care. It came down to, I'm not moving them from one place to another. Again, I'm either burning them or throwing them away. Hey, um, for years, I've been saying that I think it'd be really fun if somebody like super collected, like uh, I know a couple years back, we talked about the super collector of 1986 Barry Bonds, right? Well, can you imagine if somebody super collected so many that then when they destroyed them all at once, it actually made them semi-scarce? That would be. I might do that with uh, 1988 Topps Dave Dravecki's. Yeah, I, it, I mean, <laughs> the thing is, product like that is just going to keep coming out of the woodworks forever and ever and ever. You know, since we're on good hobby talk, Rob, can I bring up another point that I want to argue uh, against somebody with or maybe you can agree with me on? Uh-huh. 
I keep seeing, oh, new junk wax era, new, you know, they're printing 1988 levels. And I tried to do a little rough math on this. Tell me if I'm wrong. So there's roughly between the base cards and the inserts, pretty much 400 cards in the top series one spectrum, maybe 450, right? 350 okay. base cards, and then you've got all those inserts. At the million card rip party, they pulled two golden tickets out of 25. Okay. So does that mean that it's safe to say that they opened maybe five to six percent of the product there? It's eight percent is two of 25. Oh, gee, I don't know. Uh, well, just just roughly because the odds are so huge on that. You know, even if we cut it in half, four percent of the product. Gosh, and it just I happened to be I, stacked. I honestly, I, I, I don't think that's enough points of empirical data to be able to draw those comparisons. I know that the argument that a lot of people make is that you have, you know, back then it was one brand of baseball, you know, now you have multiple brands. And if you were to multiply the entire production runs of all those brands, it would exceed, you know, leaving the presses on in 1988. I don't so know. So that, that was the math that I was doing. So, so if you just stick with me for a second, if there's 400 base cards and it's actually probably closer to 450, and they pulled, uh, let's say they opened, you know, they pulled two of the 25 at that rip party. Uh, I drew out the math. I actually did it on YouTube. And it comes to about 125,000 of each base card. Okay. Which is significantly less than the three to five million that are estimated of each card between or, 1986 right. and 1994-ish. And to your point, Rob, by 1986, there was not one manufacturer. There was three manufacturers and Correct. then four starting in 1989. So you're really looking at like 12 million base cards of each player spread across four products. And then 1992, 93, it starts getting up there with studio and select and all of that. And, that and why, that's why nobody can get mad at me for burning and throwing them away. Yeah. But then on the flip side, if like if we all know that flagship is probably the largest print run, they're not printing as much of anything else as they are a flagship, right? The Correct. well, there's 30 products argument. I feel goes the opposite. Like, I don't know. Just does my sort of round math at least put some perspective on it? Am I crazy? No, I don't think you're crazy. I think what's also interesting to take in consideration is that the million cards, they were only from one skew. They were from the jumbo skew. There wasn't any regular hobby being opened. There wasn't any retail being opened. And retail comes in what? Fat packs, value packs, hanger packs, blah, 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 blah. I mean, there's like five or six different retail skews. So when you take all of that put together, um, I honestly, yeah, I think it's still less. So I, I totally disagree. I understand where people can make a parallel argument, but I don't think it holds water when you do the math like you've done it, you know, this top level. <laughs> Sorry, slight, slight sidebar. Uh, Paul Lesko tweeted and said, actually... VOTC was about to ask a really difficult question, so I did the internet equivalent of acting like I was driving through a tunnel while talking. Oh, to really? 
I think he's just being tongue in cheek because oh, okay. he, he already did apologize. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, we could see that happening. But we're gonna bring Paul back again sometime soon. I know that's twice already this year we've had him on, and both times absolute fire. I I agree. I challenge you on it, but I do agree. Legal eagle definitely not only <laughs> understands the intricacies, but boils it down to where a guy like me can understand. Understand so. it. I know that's yeah. what's always made him so great. So um, and somebody that I'm really proud and happy to call my friend. So, um, All right. Well, we have other things going on in the, the hobby, and uh, we like to share them with you in a segment we like to call Hobby Happenings. But before we dive into that, we took care of the bonus giveaways and telling everybody to, to enter those. They had to do what, Ivan? Uh, make sure that you go to twitter.com slash go GTS live and retweet the pinned Periscope tweet that's right up there at the very top of our timeline. Just retweet. You got to be following us, too. So it's not hard. And it's OK. The reason that I'm doing this is that I know we have a brand new viewer tonight. Their son watches our show on replay and is always bummed that he can't participate for the giveaways because it's past his bedtime. <laughs> so his mom messaged us on Facebook saying she was going to be watching tonight and to please explain how the giveaway process works so she could uh, <laughs> do everything correctly. So uh, she got signed up for Twitter, or, or if she already had one, she started following us. So, oh, nice! Uh, I noticed that there was a new a new Twitter follower that uh, <laughs> sent us a nice little tweet message. So, you must be doing it right. Yes. So, all right, cool. So, go do that if you haven't. And in the meantime, dive into hobby happenings. So, game used authentication company, the My Gray Group announced the launch of a new game-used shoes authentication program. This company specializes in jerseys and uniforms for the most part. But in partnership with Tone Stakes and Game Used Tone, this new program will make available to the growing number of collectors around the globe fully authenticated game-used NBA shoes from select NBA players. Pretty cool. My Gray will be using the same unparalleled authentication requirements for its shoes that it does for the game-worn jerseys it sells through the NBA and My Gray game-used authentication program. MGG, for short, will provide a guarantee of 100% authenticity for life. Awesome. The new program will connect elite NBA players with collectors and will feature rare player exclusive colorways and limited edition releases. Also, as the program grows, the company intends to introduce more NBA players, more rare player exclusives to their inventory of shoes available on the website NBAGameUseShoes.com. So for you collecting sneakerheads, have at it. Blowout Cards and the Pit.com announced this week that they have entered into a partnership where the Pit will provide content and market data to enhance discussion on the Blowout forums in exchange for the opportunity to incorporate links to its related item pages. 
Tom Fish of Blowout Cards said about the news, the pit.com's forum postings will explore in detail the most popular modern sports cards, and we expect that this will inspire further forums discussion. I'd say that makes sense. Mark Humphreys of the pit said, we are pleased to share our total market value rankings and related athlete and card commentary with the blowout forums community. The increasing interest in the card market has created a need for collectors and speculators to better understand the relative value of popular cards. The pit's total market value analysis considers for a particular card, the total value of the entire population of investment grade Jim Mint examples. This allows for rankings and the fun spirited discussions that follow as fans and collectors debate the values assigned by the market to their favorite players and cards. Uh, we are no stranger to those arguments here at Go GTS Live, so we look forward to seeing what types of discussions do get spurred, spurred on by that data on blowout forums. Absolutely. Well, 2020 Donruss NASCAR racing cards has hit hobby shelves, and we had an opportunity to look at a box a couple weeks ago ourselves, but it's going to begin arriving at Target, Walmart, and other retail outlets in the next few days. But don't throw away those wrappers. For every 20 wrappers sent in along with a check or money order for $4.95, collectors will receive a five-card pack of 2020 Donruss NASCAR Racing Red Mojo Prisms. This is a retail-only promotion, and the offer is good while supplies last. Wouldn't you know I was at a Target today that had three blasters there, and I didn't grab them. <laughs> That'll teach you. Uh, well, hey, if you're still looking for a job in the hobby, first off, how do you not have one already? So many companies are hiring. And if you're out there looking for a job and you want to look in the hobby, well, hey, pay attention to us. We sh love sharing these listings. Well, the next one is that ComC, checkoutmycards.com, is looking to fill multiple positions in their Redmond and Auburn, Washington locations. Open positions include order fulfillment specialist, card generalist and card specialist. Ooh, curious about the job descriptions between those two. Visit the ComC job board on their website for more details on how to apply and what the jobs entail. Well, last Friday at the Daytona 500, NASCAR superstar Joey Logano gave the Panini America Daytona VIP sweepstakes winner Les Haynes and all access behind the scenes afternoon. Check this out, here's some of the highlights. Really? Holy cow. 
today, I think we definitely have the most authentic winners. We got uh, a die-hard uh, Benini trading card collector, for sure. A lot of fun getting to know them, and uh, that's what our sport does so good at, is trying to connect to our race team. Not all afternoon, but I kept adding. A couple of weeks ago, we told you about the exclusive deal that Panini signed with the New Orleans Pelicans that would bring fans custom cards, curated content, and more specific to that NBA team. Today, we got a look at what that will entail as Panini puts the rookie spotlight on number one overall draft pick, Zion Williamson. Hashtag Zion Mania. Check it out. I had it at Duke, and I thought about going to my high school number, number 12, but number one's number one. I'm trying to be the best. I feel like it's fitting for me. My mentor is my stepfather, uh, but he's also like a father to me. He, he just taught me how to be a man, how to carry myself, and how to handle my business. and. Even to this day, he still teaches me like small things and how to interact with people and never think I'm above anybody else. So he's been a, a great mentor for me. This community, like if you love it, it'll love you right back. Uh, the people here are very welcoming. They always have a positive vibe about them. Like, I don't think there's been a negative day here since I've stepped foot in New Orleans. And that's a look at this week's hobby happenings. Good stuff. Yeah, lots of good stuff. Exciting news. You know, you got to assume that those Panini Pelicans exclusives are going to be huge, especially if you saw like what the Fanatics Optics exclusive set just did over the last three days. It's absolutely insane the demand right now for Zion rookies well, it really really is it's nuts all right well let's take a look at some product ourselves uh quick update on the poll mm, came off the 60 percent a little bit yeah 56.7 saying games 43.3 still saying sports but we have three box breaks tonight uh obsidian soccer limited NFL football and the brand new Panini Select NFL football with the chance at XRC cards of draft picks from the 2020 NFL draft. But we kick things off with a high-end break of Obsidian Soccer, four autographs or memorabilia cards in every box, current SRP around 170. We've had some good luck in soccer. Yeah, and this Lately. one's exciting because it covers a number of the most prominent club and national teams from throughout the world. So that means clubs like Manchester City, FC Barcelona, Borussia Dortmund, SSC Napoli, um, as well as national teams like Portugal, Argentina, Italy, Spain, as well as the United States women's national team. I believe it was here on the show we pulled a Mia Hamm uh, autograph card, number to... 25, maybe 10, super low numbered. It was beautiful. 
So, again, four autographed or memorabilia cards in this one pack of seven cards. You can find more details at gogts.net on this and other right. products. Again, beautifully designed cards. Corinto Taliso of France. Number two, 165. Numberings on the reverse. How about an insert supernova insert of Lyle, Lionel Messi? Ooh, that's cool. Also numbered to 135. I like the way that that pattern in the back is like infused inside of it. Yep. Our first hit, Andrew Colada, <laughs> Volcanic Material of Italy. Nice material swatch there, and this card is numbered to just 149. Wow, another name I know. Bastian Schweichensteiger, cutting edge from Germany. And that is numbered to just, wow, 75. Whoa, Trent Alexander Arnold of Liverpool. Why is this card so special, you ask? Oh, my goodness. He's our current future watch player, and it's a one of one. Wow. It is the black one of one. I was going to say that pattern looks like it's got to be something special. So they Holy call that the sell sheet right now. Base electric etch blue finite. Sick. Etch Blue Finite. Is that a rookie card, too? Does it have the RC on the front there? No. Okay. Because there's also but rookie he is versions a, of that. But. Yeah, he's a young, up-and-coming player. You can read all about him on Future Watch by resident soccer expert, voice of the L.A. football club, Dave Dennell. Wow. All right, so I guess we're giving that away for sure, huh? Who is uh, the player Pat, again? Uh, Trent Alexander-Arnold. And we have a patch auto of Quincy Proms. Quincy Proms? Promise? AFC Ajax is the club. And that card's numbered to just 99. And John Stone of Manchester City, Swatch Auto, John Stones. And that card is numbered 299. Four winners. All right. We're going to give the one one away. Both autos. Going to double up the two memorabilia cards. And I'm going to throw the Lionel Messi in with the jersey cards and the other base card in with the 101. 
Who is the auto before John Stone? Uh, Promise. Uh, Quincy Promise. Okay. And then can I get another picture of that one of one? It was too shiny for me to get a good picture the first time with the, uh, the movement. If you could hold it a little closer to the camera, if that's possible, like, so it's bigger. For some reason, the camera's really far away today, so it's making it grainy. And then tilt it backwards. See what we do here, guys? This is modeling, modeling for cards. Tilt it back some, oh yeah, there you go. Hold it just like that. Yes, baby, yes, baby. <laughs> Smile for me. There we go. Almost not blurry, I love it. Trent Alexander Arnold. <clears throat> Things off with a one on one. And let's see. Busting out awesome. the. Uh, so make sure you go to twitter.com slash go GTS live and retweet that tweet that's up there in order to enter to win. Also, a little quick. Out my five pack of uh, one touches. Putting that one of one in a one touch. Um, also, a quick update. Uh, I asked in a couple of the chat rooms. I didn't get around to all of them, but the consensus was pretty strong. Um, for our mom that did reach out to us earlier before the show, and we verified, like, we know the son through Twitter as well. Um, not just that. Wasn't even asking for anything. Was willing to win. Um, so we're going to throw automatically the Tops Series 1 auto and bonus pack their way. Um, thank you, everybody that responded in chat and said that that would also be okay. So... Um, yeah, just nice little thing there for the kid to get jumpstart the collection since he hasn't been able to win at all watching the show I'm when he right should there. the next yeah. day. Yeah. Going to bed on time. So East coast kids hashtag. All right. I like being able to one touch stuff. Thank you, Frank Whitaker at ultra pro. All right, next up. We had a second box of this. I had it stashed away for a little while. Seems like a good as, as good a time as any to rip that open. Panini Limited NFL football cards. Each box is going to deliver two autograph cards, including one rookie patch autograph, plus one memorabilia card in every box. Lots of the top rookies, veterans, and retired stars of the NFL. And even some pretty beautiful uh, base cards in this. There's five cards per pack, three packs per box. We could get a booklet card, such as the draft day signature booklets, the partnership dual booklets, or quad signature booklets. And if you want more information, again, go gts.net. We've got the entire checklist out there. You can download it. You can download it in Excel, so it's sortable. Boom! Sean Alexander Auto, numbered to just 35. Right out the gate. Gotta love that. One of the game's they, best for a number of this, years. If this gets unclaimed, I have I have a kid friend 
at my daughter's school that would absolutely love this. So I'm telling you guys right now, if this doesn't get claimed, it's being given to a kid who will enjoy it. Dalvin Cook and Luke Keekley. Could he really wow. enjoy it, though? If he's at your daughter's school, he doesn't even know who Sean Alexander was. Oh, he's a did guy wears Seahawks garb to school every day. Yeah, but no Seahawks fans you, or Seahawks I, fans before Russell Wilson. I guarantee you he knows who Sean Alexander is. Devontae Parker. Jameis Winston. I throw as many touchdowns as interceptions. Landon Collins. Parallel of Robert Foster. And limitless jersey swatch of Corey Davis, number to four, or excuse me, 99. <clears throat> RPA guaranteed, right? So that's in this pack. <laughs> I think. Oh, sorry. ODB. Couldn't, couldn't get to the. Mute button in time. You're fine. Julian Edelman. Mark Ingram the second. Todd Gurley the second. And for technical director and Minnesota Vikings fan James Gale, Irv Smith. Junior on card RPA number to 249. Yeah, it's good looking. Like it. Um, so we'll go ahead and give away the uh, RPA and the Sean Alexander, and we'll prize pack the uh, Corey Davis card. Okay. Sounds good. So yeah, now Ultra Pro needs to make these cool little holders fit vertical oriented cards. Because every time I go to put one of these in, I'm like, well, now then I got to stand it up like that. So it won't be long, I bet, before they uh, they do that. So in the meantime, I'll put this one in. I'm still gonna ship the other ones, but I just like being able. Ship the other ones in one touches for you guys so you get the stand in one touch and you can use it in a different card. Very cool. All right. So, one more box to go. We are not straying away from football. No, we are chasing the shiny with some Panini Select NFL football cards here. Bit bigger of a box here. 12 packs in this box. So, it's a. Select. Take a little time for us to get through, but we're going to have two autograph cards, one memorabilia card. Rob, you got to keep your eyes peeled because remember, Select has numbered prisms. Okay. Not all of them are parallels, so you got to find those. And this is also the product that has those well-known 2020 NFL rookie class XRCs. So we could pull a redemption. In fact, we've had pretty good luck over the years pulling those redemptions uh, for next year's draft class so an XRC 
extra rookie card. Haven't seen those since the uh, traded sets in the late nineties, right? Or late eighties. Right. So yeah, check this out. There's precise parallel information on the sell sheet at gogts.net. So if you pull a unnumbered parallel and just want to know where it falls, you can check that out there. Or if you want to learn about what else you can pull from this product, gogts.net. I like the base design this year. These are good looking. Christian McCaffrey. Ricky Josh Allen. Yeah, remember when score when Select first came out, it was the premium level of score. And I always felt like score did a almost a better job in football than they did in, in baseball. Watch so I like the fact that the brand continues dropping cards with Panini now. All right, we have a Prism rookie of Miles Sanders. And a jumbo jersey swatch of Benny Snell Jr. Uh, I don't see any numbering on that card. Oh, there it is. Let's see. 99. Numbered to 99. These cards are so shiny, it's really having trouble focusing on them, which is funny. It's fine. Fine and funny, but very shiny. Montez Sweet. Ivan, I did it again. What I did, did it do? again. One of one? Case okay. hit. XRC <laughs> prize oh. redemption. Yeah, these XRCs are a case hit. Thanks, Tracy. You pulled the right box for us. Three per so. case. <clears throat> but yeah, sorry. You have received a redemption card for a 2019 Select XRC card. This card is good for a card of a player drafted in the 2020 NFL Draft. The player will be determined once the 2020 NFL Draft has concluded and will ship shortly after. You can redeem. Blah, so there's blah, blah, blah. no, no team. R no, but it, I think the way you do it, it's player RB4. So my guess, it's going to be the uh, fourth running back picked. Gotcha. Hey, can you hold that really, even though it won't be level on the table, can you hold that really close to the camera so I can try to actually get it in focus for a good picture? Like, really close. It's way too far from the camera. Now hold it up off the table. Yeah. Yep. A little too close. A little further back, and hopefully it'll focus. A little further away. A little further. Further, further. <laughs> it's not moving. <laughs> Are you able to see the Skype window? Yeah. See, so you, you see how it's cut off still at the top there? A little bit? Okay, I think that one is at least legible. All right. That's good. That's good. Okay. Thank you. Uh, Deshaun Watson Prism. Yeah, that's crazy. Prism. I can't remember which one, but I feel like last year and the year before, we've always gotten one of those. And then snapshots inserts boxes. goes horizontal with. Ooh, that's a good looking card. Brett Favre. <laughs> <laughs> 
And now that, I believe, doesn't replace a hit either. No, it shouldn't. Yeah. So they're one in four boxes is really Daniel the way to look at Jones. And some of them are mystery prism autographs. I have a Jones feeling, though, that it would Taylor. say that. Woo! How about an RPA number to 49 of George Kittle? Ooh! This is a pretty fire box here. Sweet. There you go. I got that. Gardner no shaking, their, shaking their head at this. Number to just 49, you said. Sensations insert. Yep. Darnell Ooh. Savage Jr. That guy hugs. Got to go and just crap on everyone's parade. CBS Sports doesn't have a single running back going in the first round. <laughs> David okay. Montgomery, RC. Hey, David Montgomery, wasn't he undrafted or was he? Or am I thinking of No, Tarek he was Cohen. drafted by the Bears. Terrico. So, yeah. Mitchell so, you never know. Trubisky. Lots of it late round. Wow. Juju Smith-Schuster, my favorite name to say in all the NFL. Terry McLaren. Wow, check this out. It's an eBay one of one because it's number 10 of 10. Ooh. And it's a memorabilia card of Kerryon Johnson. But look at this bling on there. Right there on the back, 10 of 10. That's the kind of shiny that you want on your low-numbered parallels, right? Yes, exactly. And your right. single-color jersey. Actually, this is not a jersey. This is a piece of a patch. Nice. So they use the prime material, even though it's just a single color, but very cool. So, Rob, you watch college football, right? Yeah. Tell me if you recognize any of these names. DeAndre Swift. Yes. Jonathan Taylor. Yes. J.K. Dobbins. Yes. Zach Moss. Wow, Philip Rivers Prism. Uh, yes. Cam Ooh, Akers. This. this one's numbered to just 25. This parallel number 24 of 25 oh, Kyle oh. Murray whoa this is like a tie-dye kind of hold thing that going on real here. still there this box has been unbelievable yeah that's the number one rookie right there number to just 25 right wow well, so those were the top five ranked running backs, according to CBS Sports. Interesting. Now, the last two are projected third rounders, so... Dwayne Haskins. RB4 or may be a third rounder, but still, all you need is the guy to perform. Rashan Gary, rookie. Man, loaded with rookies. Uh... 
Prism, TJ Hawkinson, rookie. Andy Isabella, red parallel rookie, numbered to 99. Wow, Rob, you aren't going to believe this. You want to guess what a select Kyler Murray tie-dye rookie numbered to 25 is sold for? Um, 65? <laughs> 200. What? 215. <laughs> These are non-autos. The autos, of course, are higher. 200, 215, and one that's PSA graded that was an OBO, so I have to go to another website to find out. But, yeah. Yeah. Trace McSorley. <laughs> Which website are you using now for OBO? Um, Sold4.app is the one that Sold I've been using. Sold4.app. The problem with any of the websites is that something in eBay's API only gives them, like, so many kernels a day, so... Depending on how busy it's been or whether it's Greenwich Mean Time or whatnot, sometimes it won't show it no matter which site you're on. Some of the sites at least show it more often than others. Silver Prism. So, but yeah, $200 card right there, roughly. Kirk Cousins. What a box. And we have a red, white, and blue parallel number to 199 or... Maybe it's just red. No, it's the red, white, and blue. Of Baker Mayfield. Oh, you want to know something funny, Rob? Guess who the 2018 Select XRC RB4 was? David Montgomery. Montgomery from the <laughs> I Chicago was going to say, yeah, you know what? I think <laughs> I did know that, actually. <laughs> so, again, you never, you never know. Dalvin Cook. Rookie. Darius Slayton. Beware. Oh. Filler. Michael Gallup. Another red parallel. Number to 149. This one of rookie Cole Holcomb. I like these cards. Amari Cooper. Yeah, like, again, you know my personal thoughts on football cards. I don't have as much love for them as I used to, mainly because football is a sport. Guys don't stick around as long. Um, but I will say, if I was collecting a set, I think Select would be the right sort of fun challenge. Good, good balance here of photography, technology. Yeah, and I like the subtleness of the inserts where it's not, you know, it's still... It still carries the theme of the base set, but this one you can see it's called Rookie Selections. Pretty cool. Tyrene Matthew. And I don't know if this box is supposed to have two autos and a memorabilia card. We've already come over that, and here's another one. An auto, red auto, number to 75 of Travis Frederick. This box has just crushed it. Um, hold that for another second. There we go. Did we have, is that, I feel like that's only the second auto, isn't it? 
Yeah, that is the second auto, yeah. but we've had two memorabilia cards. There's only supposed to be one. Oh, yeah, gotcha. And we got the and XRC. One of them, and one of them's numbered to 10. The XRC, and then this killer card, numbered to 25 of Kyler Murray. So we, we got an extra hit, a case hit, and a super low number top rookie. And I have one, two, three packs left. Who knows? ODB. Rookie Ed Oliver. Yeah, it's definitely a pretty crazy box so far. Tony Pollard, Prism Rookie. Daniel Jones, Prism Rookie. Melvin Ingram. J. Brown rookie, Jahalane Tavi rookie, Patrick Mahomes silver prism. Oh, nice! Unbelievable. Brian Burns rookie selections. Rookie Jonathan Abram. Good or bad, you can't judge an entire production run by one box. But so we're going to open a second one. Say, no. <laughs> needless to say, DeAndre Hopkins. This has been a pretty great box. Uh, Prism, silver Prism, Stefan Diggs. I mean, Rob, that was part of my. That was part of what I was trying to say. Was even without the incredible hits, like I'm actually digging just the base the cards, cards here in yeah. the set. Yeah. Another. How about Aaron Rodgers, number to just 25? That's crazy. <laughs> so we did mention there was going to be five numbered prisms. We did not expect them to be num <laughs> two numbered to 25s and numbered to 10. Like, that's really crazy. Okay, so here's the deal. Several giveaways from this box. We we're going to okay. do the Rogers as a standalone. Someone gets the Rogers. Okay. Someone gets the Murray. Yep. For Someone sure. gets the XRC. Simply because of the size of that material and the player that he is, Benny Snell gets his own. Number to 10, Carry on Johnson, Patch. RPA, George Kittle, number to 49. And yeah, Travis Frederick. So out of and that even box, that one was numbered to what? 75? 75, yeah. So one, this two, is crazy. three, four, five, six, seven winners out of that box. That's crazy. One box, seven winners, none of whom can sniff at their prize. Like, we've had boxes where a Benny Snell number to 99 would be the best card. And I'm looking at this debating if that's the worst card or the carry-on Johnson number to 10. That's how great this box was. That's crazy. So lots of fun. Thank you, Panini, for sending stuff our way because we get to give it all to you guys. I mean, and there's still a ton of color in here 
that it's going to make its way into some of our prize packs we give away at the National Sports Collectors Convention. I mean, there's a ton of shiny still in there. It's phenomenal. Yeah. Wow. Yep. Fun stuff. All right. Well, that wraps up a look at our live box breaks for tonight. Thank you to Tracy Hackler, uh, as well as Frank over at Ultra Pro. Oh, speaking of Ultra Pro, I got to put... Uh, Put a couple of these cards in there right away. So let's see. I mean, Rob, even just that silver prism Mahomes is like a ten dollar card. I know that's not much in a two hundred and forty dollar box, but still, like well, you add it all up, yeah. Yeah, and again, fun thing for us to go and throw in uh, the prize packs we give out at the National Sports Collectors Convention. Hey, it's never too early to plan. It's February, but Rob, it's almost March. I sent out an email today and I was like, let's connect in March. And I realized that was eight days from now. So like Jan uh, July is going to be here before you know it. So the National is in Atlantic City this year. We want as many of you to come as possible. Um, so if you can, put that on your calendar and start figuring out how to make plans to get there. But in the meantime, for your chance to win cards tonight, make sure you're following us, twitter.com slash live and uh, retweet the various tweets that are up there that give you that chance. Yeah, Ivan, I'm just opening my uh, sleeve top loader combo pack. Yeah, of, take care uh, of those cards. With the gold rookie. Yeah, like this one's going to get a... The Kyler Murray gets the uh, rookie card. We got a nice message from one of our uh, Go GTS team uh, saying... Uh, Enjoyed the show tonight. I think this should be labeled the Ivan Coronavirus show. <laughs> I'm really hoping it's not. I hope. <laughs> yeah, no I kidding. It's right? just a cold. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Lots of fun. Okay. Um, got an updated product release schedule from Leaf. Uh, very late in the day that caused a couple of hot in the shop items to fall off of the schedule. So next week there's just um, three products releasing. So let's take a look at what's going to be hot in the shop next week and we kick things off with well, little football. Panini 1. Aptly named because it delivers one security sealed autograph signed on card in every box product debuted last year to big fame uh, very popular with breakers and individual box buyers alike collectors can expect anything but a jinx in this second year product all the autographs in one will be on card from the top nfl rookies legends and current stars all patch cards will feature prime and super prime memorabilia, including one of one shield signatures featuring the NFL 100 shield logo. Several new inserts to chase, including number ones, matchless, top of the class, and one of a kind. I like it. Rookie patch autographs, yes, custom embossed cardstock, on-card autos, oversized patches, rookie quad patch autographs, premium rookie patch autographs, and then look for the one 
autographs. The Shadow Box autograph set includes top veterans and legendary players, including Adrian Peterson, Carson Wentz, Jerry Rice, Ray Lewis, and many more. Matchless, transcendent players from both past and present in this classic on-card release. This is going to hit stores next week after a slight delay. Should be fun to check out. Well, no delay with the next product. 2020 Tops Heritage Baseball Cards. Much anticipated. In fact, collectors have been anticipating this release, I would say, for years of Heritage. This is the 20th season of Heritage, and since nearly the beginning, people have been saying, we can't wait till 1971 comes along because the set is notorious for its hard-to-grade black borders. Well, we'll see what this, this one pans out at. Each box is going to deliver one autographed card or relic card and eight base short prints in every box. Remember, do not tweet at me complaining you didn't get value out of your box if you haven't searched for the short prints. Some of those short prints go for four figures. Crazy, crazy product. Uh, collectors can also look for the highly coveted Real Ones autographs in both blue ink and red ink variations, and the chrome base card heritage variations, as well as Greatest Moments box toppers, and much, much more. And hey, those chrome cards come in parallels. You can get a chrome 1971 heritage superfractor of one of your favorite modern players. How cool would that be? Absolutely love the Pretty look of cool. this set. My biggest thing is, are they going to surprise us with some additional unexpected content? Uh, you know, I really want to see an, an intentionally chipped variation, again, paying homage to that 1971 design. But Heritage also, it's always got fun throwbacks. So there's 1971 mints that have nickels, dimes, quarters, and half dollars of current stars and greats from 1971. There's postage stamp relics. There are cut signatures featuring memorable names from the MLB in 1971 and celebrity cut signatures with notable names from pop culture and newsmakers numbered one of one, as well as 20 gigantic seasons buybacks, original tops issued Willie Mays cards from his time on the Giants are inserted with a special commemorative foil stamp. And, of course, check out the full checklist, gogts.net, because there's so many great dual autographs, Hall of Famers paired up with modern-day players. Just a content-heavy product, one that I'm excited for this week. Awesome. And next up, we're going to take it to the rink with 2019-20 Upper Deck SP Game Used NHL Hockey Cards delivering one guaranteed premium autograph, premium memorabilia card, or autographed material combo card, plus three additional autographed memorabilia or autographed memorabilia combo cards in every box. SP Game Used Hockey returns with some of the most limited edition memorabilia in the hobby. And what's better, if you're a GTS customer in uh, the States or a universal distribution customer in Canada, you get one free overtime wave two pack with every box purchase. So that's cool. So yeah, that guaranteed premium auto memorabilia, premium memorabilia rather, or autograph memorabilia combo cards, 
Lots going on here that's going to be uh, a big chase. A couple new things to point out. Look for showcase standouts with autograph parallels. New insert features one-of-a-kind jersey and patch cards. And the materials come from the jersey worn at the annual NHL Rookie Showcase game. Cool. Uh, you might remember that Russ Cohen brings bus a bunch of content from that event year in and year out. Uh, there are 100 base cards and 100 authentic rookies featuring members of this year's rookie class, serial numbered to the featured player's jersey number. This is going to hit shelves next week, and we can't wait to see it for ourselves. SP Game Used Hockey, everybody. It's finally here. And that wraps up a look at what's going to be hot in the shop or hot at your online favorite online breaker or retailer all right ivan has some work to do pulling a plethora of winners tonight while he does that uh our very own russ cohen had an opportunity to talk with travis connectney after a recent philadelphia flyers game where he personally had i think five points in that game but he was more interested in talking about the team and where they stand in the playoffs watch this and we'll be right back no, I'm serious like this with how important is that game one of this one's supposed to be. Is that team especially for a Yeah, it's really big. Um, I mean, now that this one's over, we just got to refocus. And, and uh, you know, it's almost like we didn't play them. You know, we sat and uh, treated it like, uh, you know, it's just another game going in to Columbus. But uh, it's definitely nice to, to you know, get the first one out of the Kevin Hayes said you didn't think you guys had your A game. It's got to make you feel good to, to win 5-1 and, and not play your best. Yeah, I mean, I, if you look at the shots, we didn't get uh, a lot of pucks on that, but we, we took advantage of uh, our opportunities. But yeah, um, there's definitely some areas we can clean up uh, and, and going into the next game. I'm sure they, they know that uh, their, their best offer wasn't there and ours wasn't there either, so it should be a good matchup. Despite all that, uh, you know, you guys win. A.B. said this morning that he wants to see you guys play fast and set the tempo early in the game. Do you feel like you did that, especially early in the first period? Yeah, I mean, uh, two nothing at the 15-minute mark in the first period. We uh, we started fast, playing the right way, um, you know, getting pucks in behind their D. And, uh, I mean, they, they play some of those pucks in the minutes, so we can get them and wear them down. All right, so. Thank you to Russ Cohen. Uh, be sure to check out gogts.net. Search for Off the Post for more exclusive content like that. Yeah, tons. If you guys are hockey fans and you're not following Russ Cohen, that's like being a, a sports card fan and not following Ryan Cracknell at Beckett. Like, Russ, Russ is your source for hockey. He's great. Yeah, he is. So. All right, so... Um, we got some prizes to give away, Ivan, including some rollovers from last week. I know already what one winner is. Yeah, yeah, but let's uh, let's just remind people of what those are and how to win. So here's the thing, especially if it's your first time viewing, we are not mind readers. As intelligent as we are, we are not psychics. So we need you to reply to us via email. Nice, easy, trackable thing. Uh, email us, GoGTSLive, it's the name of our show, at GoGTS.net, the name of the website. 
Remember, you can use that website for all your other collecting needs, future watch columns, behind the scenes interviews with players and sports card executives. But GoGTSLive at GoGTS.net is how you reach us. Send us your name, your Twitter handle, your prize, and of course your mailing address so that we can get these prizes out to you. And also send a nice little thank you to Rob because he's the one that packs up and ships all of these things. Um, so, you know, don't forget to tip your bartender. Uh, and you do that just by being kind here. So, um, so we've got these prizes. We're going to start off with the rollover prizes. So the first one was a National Hockey Card Day pack, uh, what, which was what? A Package. Tops sticker. Yeah, yeah, pack of Where stuff. Uh, top sticker book, uh, sticker packets, um, some other cool hockey stuff. Was there like a hat or a T-shirt or something, right? I don't know. It's yeah. already packed up. Okay, so it's <laughs> going to be fun, and that's going to go to Redance James. Ray Dance James. You know how to pronounce your name better than I do, um, but I'm sure that you know um, who you are. Um, sorry, I'm running into There's a funny issue when I import all of these because it brings the at with it, and so if I happen to be clicking because I'm just compulsive, then it yells at me and locks me up in a formula. Thank you, Excel. Um, so, complete sidebar there. Uh, so next up, we've got the Julius <laughs> Peppers Auto Redemption, which I believe was numbered to just 35. Can't believe that wasn't claimed. Well, don't worry. Be happy. If your name is Robert McFerrin, short for Bobby McFerrin, you are the new winner of that Julius Peppers Autograph Redemption. So email us to claim your prize. Hope you're still watching the show tonight. Don't go anywhere in the middle of hot in the shop because these prizes are worth sticking around for. Uh, and then we've got the Kevin Knox autograph. Yeah, it's a second-year autograph, but, man, a lot of people still love this kid, especially collectors. Uh, that's going to at Brazali. Brazali. Congratulations, Brazali. Thank you for watching the show. And then, as we mentioned, the top Series 1 auto and bonus is going to Asperger's Mom. So congratulations. Thank you for watching. Uh, hopefully your son enjoys those. Uh, for any of you out there, also remember, when you get your prizes, you can post a little picture and tweet it out on social media to thank us as well. It's another way to tip your cap, so to speak, to Rob for the work he does. All right, so those are the rollover prizes. Now we've got, oh, 12 more prizes from a couple of incredible box previews. Starting off with the Obsidian Soccer uh, memorabilia cards plural. Those are going to Code Orange 23. Congratulations, Code Orange 23. Next up, we've got the Quincy Promise Auto. That's going to Kid Raul RS. Kid Raul RS. Congratulations, and thank you for tuning in. The John Stone Auto is going to Carrie Sunvold. John Stone, not John Snow. Sorry, I know we all got really excited thinking it might be John Snow. Uh, but congratulations, Carrie. And then the Trent Alexander uh, Armand Ar uh, is going to Arnold is going to Esparza Lando 14. Esparza Lando 14. Hope you don't mind either. I know you're a Cubs collector. Uh, we'll find out if you're into soccer, though. Let us know. Tweet us. Uh, next up from Panini Limited Football, we've got the Herb Smith Jr. autograph. That is going to C. Starkovic. C. Starkovic. Congratulations. And then the Sean Alexander auto. Sorry, Rob. I have a feeling he's going to claim because he watches every week, week in, week out. That's One of okay. our 17 resident NASCAR experts, but he is King NASCAR. 
So he is the, <laughs> the one. Congratulations, Logan. Uh, always love seeing you watching the show. And now finally, the creme de la creme, the select box with seven different prizes. Starting off with the Aaron Rodgers tie-dye prism number to 25. That's going to David Mackey, 77. Congratulations, David. The Benny Snell number to 99 is going to RFOA Official. RFOA Official. The Carry On Johnson number to 10 is going to Da Great Rubini. Da Great Rubini. Spelled da properly. D-A. I like that. Um... Next up, the XRC RB4. The redemption is going to PGN3540. PGN3540. Uh, the George Kittle autograph, number to 49, is going to Tony the Tiger MIA. Hope that means Miami and not missing, because I don't want Tony to go missing. Uh, but congratulations, you got the George Kittle autograph, number to 49. The Travis Frederick autograph, number to 75, goes to Pabst Beer 8. Congratulations, Brad, at Pabst Beer 8. And then finally, that Kyler Murray, number to 25. Whoa, it's beautiful. Just keep holding that there. Love it. Is going to Jay Bangarang. Jay Bangarang. Congratulations on that Kyler Murray number to 25. That'll be coming your way after you email us to claim your prize. Go GTS Live at GoGTS.net. It's that simple. As promised, uh, last week's prizes went out bright and early Tuesday morning for those that were claimed. So you should be getting those shortly if you haven't already. <laughs> and um, shout out to Mr. Bass Polly. I think one of my favorite parts of the show is hearing Ivan read everyone's handles. Thank <laughs> Camo Logan. Me too. Uh, yeah, it's of always viewers, fun, so. Ivan. Yeah. So, do we have any news or notes for next week? You'll be back, even though you're going to the Top Summit. You'll be back in time for the show, right? Yes. And at the Top Summit, you're going to ask Emily what they're going to do for people that don't redeem their tickets in time, right? Uh, sure. Yes, we're going to get an answer on that, even if Rob hates it. And you're going to probably come back with some other great fun stuff. But hey, we wanted to take a minute on the show to give a, a, a late, unfortunately, shout out to one of our viewers since the very beginning, um, Mr. DS Grumpy. Y'all love hearing me read Twitter handles? Well, Mr. DS Grumpy, Larry Robideau was a great friend of the show, a friend of many of us as personal collectors. Um, I literally have a box right here of stuff that he sent me a year ago in January that was some incredible PC Cub stuff. Um, sadly, Larry did succumb to a battle um, with cancer uh, last week, and we found out about this and just wanted to say a big heartfelt um, best wishes to his family. Um, we have heard that his sons are going to continue his collecting tradition. They're not selling his collection. They're going to continue the tradition. So hopefully they'll be engaging with some of you on Twitter and just with the generosity that Larry did, because that was the thing about Larry. He was so kind hearted, so generous, um, and loyal to the end. So we're going to miss you, Larry. Um, thank you for brightening up our lives as collectors. Absolutely. Thank you for the support that you've given us from the very beginning. Thank you for uh, your positive attitude in a hobby that can sometimes get a little catty. Uh, thanks for showing us 
that generosity can be done in the simplest of manners. And honestly, um, our thoughts and prayers are with your family as they grieve your loss. And thank you for making the hobby a better place. That's going to do it for this episode of Go GTS Live, the Hobbies web show. Thank you to Paul Lesko for joining us tonight. Thanks to Ivan Lovegren, my co-host, for enduring the show must go on despite a cold again, something that just won't go away. Prayers for you, bro. (laughs) Um, And thanks to James Gale behind the scenes, taking care of uh, everything, making it look good. Tracy Hackler and Frank Whitaker at Ultra Pro. Um, That's going to do it. And we'll be back next week with a brand new episode of GoGTS Live, the Hobbies Web Show. In the meantime, have a great weekend. And you know what to be doing. Always be collecting. Good night.